Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by Odds Crowd, and Odds Crowd has a ton of free fantasy betting contests, including a $2,000 season-long MLB contest and a $500 weekly contest. Just download their app today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home to free daily video picks from the SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. And make sure that you subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you in part by PicksWise. PicksWise has free picks every day for every sport. Check out all their expert plays and betting news at PicksWise.com. That's PicksWise.com. We're also brought to you in part by Better Edge. Better Edge is a stock exchange for sports bets, allowing you to buy and sell betting positions like the stock market. The best part is it allows you to bet with no VIG. That's right, no VIG, and it's legal in 40 states. Sign up at BetterEdge.com, promo code SGP, for a free $10 bet. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, Edge.com, promo code SGP. And we're also giving away $500 in our Masters Daily Fantasy Contest that is completely free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Indeed, we have crowned a national champion, and it's the Baylor Bears denying Gonzaga a perfect season. What is it about Indianapolis where the unbeaten season dreams go to die for UNLV, for Duke, and for Gonzaga? It has now happened three times, and Baylor gets their first ever national championship win. We are here to talk about that. We are here to talk about one of the most serene picturesque settings in all of sports the masters being played in golf in augusta georgia this weekend for the second time in five months we get a masters we're going to talk a lot about that on three dog thursday and also a little baseball with the start of the baseball season etc uh, all right, so much to get to again, no matter how you found us. Social media link, our friends at the Sports Gambling Podcast, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, their network fleet of shows. Subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. No matter where you get podcasts, the show comes automatically to you on Thursday. And we look forward uh, to many more of you finding the show by subscribing and getting it automatically. Uh, a reminder on the YouTube roundtable, go to the Three Dog Thursday page on YouTube. Just search Three Dog Thursday. You'll see the video roundtable upcoming. That will include Bob Herrig of ESPN from Augusta, ready to talk Masters. But right away, straight away, first of all, my guy Brian Edwards did so well with all of his wagering Final Four weekend and National Championship Monday night. He's taking the week off. Uh, He's like, I I don't know if he's jet setting, uh, if he's at the beach condo or what he's doing, but he informed me he cannot be here because he had UCLA plus the points. He had Baylor plus the points who got the outright win. So he's cashing some big tickets. So who better to step in than with the Vegas perspective and everything on underdogs than my initials brother from another mother, T.C. Martin of the T.C. Martin Show, five days a week in Las Vegas, is in the breach. And this man had Baylor from the jump. We bow to you, my friend. Welcome into Three Dog Thursday as we get things underway. T.J. Reeves, glad to be here with you again, my man. And especially with the Baylor Bears, let's just begin right there. Did you make like $57, $570? It's like the price is right. right. Was it $5,070? You raked in because you had Baylor like before the tournament with futures bets and all these angles, and Scott Drew's team put it on Gonzaga Monday night. You're cashing tickets all over the place. 
Yeah, I did uh, stick my neck out there. I went to against the grain. Everybody and their mother was on Gonzaga, and I got a chance to see Gonzaga quite a bit. Of course, you'll be in here in Vegas with the WCC tournament hosting here. Uh, and of course, you know, staying up late and watching a lot of the WCC uh, games on ESPN. I, I've always liked this Gonzaga team. I love the makeup, but when they get to the tournament, the big question mark was, what are they going to do when they face some big bodies? And as the number one overall seed, their path was really golden for them. And, you know, looking ahead, I said, you know, this Baylor Bears team is just as good as Gonzaga, if not better. And you got to remember when Baylor was 17 and 0, uh, at that point in time, people were talking Baylor and Gonzaga like one and one A, like a, a horse racing coupled entry. And then they went down with COVID. Uh, they had a three week pause in the program, they came back. They had a narrow victory against a virtually winless Iowa State team, 77-72. Then they went on the road to Kansas. They got beat. And all of a sudden, they kind of lost their luster as far as the public was concerned. And we never found out which players were affected by COVID, which members of the coaching staff. Everything was kind of hush-hush, and that's the way the NCAA does these things. But, you know, Baylor finally, slowly but surely, they got their mojo back. And then they went to the Big 12 tournament and they continued to blast people during that until they got to the championship game and they got beat by a very good Oklahoma State team uh, in that uh, tournament. But then when the tournament started, TJ, the, T the NCAA tournament, Baylor just went on this run again. And then again, they, they won their opening game by 24. Then they faced Wisconsin. Then they beat them by double digits. And they blasted Villanova. Then they blasted Houston. And then so Baylor, you know, was Gonzaga. And these two teams were really kind of mere images of each other, except from a matchup perspective. When you looked at Baylor, you knew that they had great guards, they had great size, and they really reminded me a lot of that fantastic UNLV team going back to 1990. You know, and you look at the Baylor lineup and that UNLV lineup, very, mm. very similar, where you're looking at this team and say, I don't want to play these guys. And believe me, if it wasn't for COVID, it wasn't for that shutdown, um, Baylor probably would have been all of the hype and all of the talk the way Gonzaga was. And instead, uh, they are now all the hype with the first ever national championship. As you hear the voice of T.C. Martin uh, in here at T.C. Martin 21 on Twitter, by the way, if you need him, find the T.C. Martin show online tcmartinshow.com on five days a week in las vegas from two to four pacific time great guests on this show great insight from the vegas perspective you didn't come clean did you have what did you have them at uh for the futures ticket that you ended up cashing at what point did you have the futures ticket was it just at the beginning of the tournament was it earlier in february because you cashed a fairly significant one right with the baylor bears mm -hmm. Actually, I did not bet Baylor on the future. As a, what I did, I did is pick them in the pools. So the money okay. pools that I had, I, I had that. And then I bet them individually during, during the games. So then when it came time to the championship game, where I already had Baylor uh, you know, in, in the pool, I said, okay, hmm, how should I play this? Should I just let this thing ride out? Well, again, I, I just can't settle TJ Reeves. You know me. <laughs> so I had to go get some of that Baylor money at, uh, at plus 170 on the money line. I, wow. took the, I took the five points. It went down to four and a half. I, I, I then bet it up to four and a half. Also had it on a teaser up to 10 and a half, uh, parlaying that with the women's championship game. So yeah, there were several tickets Man. that were all encompassed around the Baylor Bears and this is what you do when you believe in a team or you find a team that you, that you like to ride and, uh, and you go with them. So, well, uh, and you, yeah, and congratulations you to the Baylor Bears. I was just listening. So that was like, check, check. You didn't need any of the points, <laughs> much less the teaser. Check, check, check right. for the outright win. Um, and I, I was on with you on your show and you were sharing with me on your show, but share it for the Three Dog Thursday audience. You would think logically that the Baylor win would have maybe done some damage to the Vegas sports books. You are there and you said, uh-uh, contraire, my friend, not the case. Explain more here on Three Dog Thursday that even though the, the underdog Bears won the game outright, it didn't clean them out as much as you might think. No, actually, it was a great tournament for the books. And every time you have a heavy favorite that ends up losing, like the Gonzaga Bulldogs, that's great news for the books. Everybody had future tickets on Gonzaga. Because if you remember when the tournament started, you could get Gonzaga at three and a half or four to one. And then as the tournament uh, proceeded and Gonzaga started rolling through their opponents, the lines dropped a little bit and people still wanted Gonzaga 
at, at plus 180 and plus 150. And then when you got to, uh, you know, the semifinals, you had to lay a little bit of juice in, in minus 130. And people just kept coming forward to the windows, betting on the Gonzaga Bulldogs because they bought in to the magical season. They bought into the first undefeated team since the Indiana team of 75, 76. And, uh, you know, I talk with bookmakers all the time on my show and they said, hey, we just it keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. But, you know, there are a couple close calls in that NCAA tournament, uh, you know, specifically the final four game with UCLA. Mm. Where people thought, wow, uh, did UCLA take a little bit too much out of the Zags here? And that was really kind of the perfect storm. So that line, I think a lot of people thought they were going to make that line maybe a, a six, six and a half. But, you know, they made it at five and a half and immediately Baylor money came came steaming in and went down to five. Then it went down to four and a half on, on game day on Monday. Uh, but it wasn't a significant amount of money that came in on the Baylor Bears. Uh, a lot of people were just hedging their bets on Gonzaga. So uh, when Gonzaga officially got eliminated, the books did not have to pay out that future money, which was, you know, huge. I mean, it was along, a you know, uh, high six figures to low seven figures. They would have paid out if Gonzaga would have won because everybody wanted a piece of them. And you got to remember, if you got Gonzaga early, you had some pretty good value and plus three or four to one. No doubt about that. Uh, again, the voice of T.C. Martin. Brian Edwards wants everybody to know, and you can still follow him on social media, follow him on the, on the site, Major Wager Uno, and through Vegas Insider with Brian. He was all over UCLA on this show last week, uh, T.C., where he was saying to us, plus 14 is too much, and unless that line comes down significantly, he was going to be on UCLA significantly. He, he, he didn't say with a bunch of money, but he was advising everybody, hey, 14 is too much to lay in a national semifinal like this, especially with how UCLA had the mojo going to upset Alabama, to upset Michigan. Boy, did that turn out to be correct. So kudos for Brian on, on that one. And everybody's bracket and pool almost got blown up by the Bruins on Saturday night if they had won that game. Uh, I have said this other places. I will say it here. I believe that game last Saturday night is one of the two or three great college basketball games, maybe of the last 50 years of the NCAA tournament. No, it was not a championship game, but in terms of high level of play shots made the drama of what was riding on it, a blue blood UCLA with a chance to go to the championship game, crazy ending overtime, half court shot, Amazing. We're going to talk about this game as the game of the tournament. Due respect to Baylor for winning the whole thing two nights later, but that is the game we're going to talk about 25 years from now in this tournament with the half-court shot. TC, those are my thoughts. Uh, give me some more perspective on how hard UCLA fought and how great that game was from what you saw on Saturday night, UCLA-Gonzaga. No, it was a tremendous game, and you're right. And, you know, you got to remember, it goes down in lore as one of the greatest games of all time because it was a Final Four game. You're right. It wasn't a championship game, but it was a semifinal game. And to me, it surpasses the Kentucky-Duke game where Christian Leitner hit the shot because, again, that was a regional final. Okay, That wasn't a Final Four. We've seen a lot of great buzzer beaters in the NCAA tournament, but a lot of those were opening round games or second round games or, or sweet 16 games. So again, I think the further along in the tournament that it goes, you have to put it in a different category. Great. It would be fantastic if you say, okay, it was a championship game. A lot of people like to point to Georgetown Villanova or point to NC state beating Houston. However, if we look at those two games, specifically the NC state victory over five slam jamma, it wasn't a great game. Both teams right. shot very low percentages. It was a walk the court, uh, uh, you know, game. It was a low scoring game. So it, 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 it really, it was riveting at the end. And it was great that the underdog NC state, you know, won won that championship game, but this game had everything. And for me, TJ, I think we get into these moments when you have a team, like you said, a 14 point favorite expectations were low in this game. You know, everybody, oh, UCLA fine, but th right. their runs coming to an end. They were a co remember that a co 11 seed. Okay. With Michigan state in that first four game, they weren't just an 11 seed. They were, they were fighting to be an 11 seed and they had to play that one extra game. And people thought, okay, you know, the, the, the magic's run out. Okay. The Oregon state magic is, is, is run out. The UCLA magic's going to run out. The, the PAC 12 magic is done. And then when they kept hanging and kept hanging and you said something special is going to happen here, this, we could see another upset. And then when it goes to overtime, 
I mean, UCLA already been in two overtime games already. So you're thinking, wow, this, this, this is something special. Uh, but it was a great game. And the, the 40 footer, the buzzer beater by Jalen sucks. Uh, amazing. Yeah. It was, it was one of the greatest games of all time, probably in any sport, let alone basketball. But I will say this as well, too. We talk about it not being a championship game. What is the greatest hockey game we remember in our lifetime? The Miracle on Ice, right? Correct. The United States defeated Russia in the semifinal game. Remember, they still had to come back and beat Finland. And I, and, and, and I, and I loved uh, that comment from Mark Few because they asked Mark Few about that. And he goes, right. hey, Baylor's a lot better than Finland. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. And they were to win the title. Uh, we talked a lot on the, on the sister college basketball coast to coast show and podcast about that. Uh, and, and that everybody now still remembers that, that win and thinks it was for the gold medal 40 years later. Would we think that about Gonzaga if they won? But the difference is they didn't follow through and win the game on Monday night with Baylor and Baylor did uh, a couple more on this. I promise we're going to get to some masters conversation on the YouTube roundtable in the middle. TC is hanging here for more masters conversation after the YouTube roundtable and a little baseball as well. But we're so big on the March Madness. There were 19 million people watching on Monday night, even in a bad game. Uh, for that 19 million on CBS by far destroying anything, not a football playoff game or a Super Bowl for any other sport that's been on for the last year. So great on the NCAA and the NCAA tournament uh, for the finish uh, here with this. I'm just curious too. one more, if you know, and they may still be tallying this, but we're midweek now for the three weekends. Did Vegas see a rebound? Obviously we had no tournament COVID-19 lockdown in Las Vegas a year ago, did it at least come back to like 50% of people population and wagering, or is that maybe even too optimistic with everything slowly coming back? What do we know, TC? From a wagering perspective, I mean, it was at an all-time high, and we expected that here. Because you got to remember, too, even though you may not have the, the traffic and the tourism, but it still came back. Don't get me wrong with that. But now with the invention of the mobile app, you're, the, the, the numbers will always be there because as long as people have the mobile app, they can stay in their own house. And the way the mobile app works for, in the state of Nevada here, you can bet anywhere in the state of Nevada. You don't have to come to a sports book. You don't have to deal with the long lines in the sports book, the parking, that situation, deposit money in your account. And then you're betting from the comfort of your own home or your sports bar, restaurant, wherever you want to watch the game. So because of the mobile app and the in-game wagering options, that are available now, the handle was phenomenal. It was, mm. it, you know, it, it, it definitely ex exceeded uh, the past couple of years. Uh, and just because, you know, we, we were still involved in this pandemic, um, you know, yeah, you're right. Uh, Vegas wasn't as crowded, but I can tell you that 50%, uh, you know, Vegas uh, is still very, very electric. Uh, so the, you know, the crowds were good. Uh, again, I was involved with a lot of these, uh, these parties, uh, you know, on the Las Vegas strip and, and hosting and being part of it, you know, doing my show at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. And, uh, they did a fantastic job of, uh, you know, making sure people had their masks on socially distanced, all that sort of thing, but it still gave a great uh, account of itself. The atmosphere was fantastic. So, uh, we can only look forward to next year when we kind of get back to where we were a couple of years ago. Amen on that. And well said, and a tip of the hat again to the NCAA, their operations people, and everybody that put the men's tournament on in Indianapolis and the women's tournament on in San Antonio. Those, those were months, weeks, and months of preparation and execution, a lot of 18 and 20-hour days over the last three weeks or so to get that executed and done safely and logistically with the games and the teams and moving everybody around to different arenas and different places in Indianapolis and in San Antonio to get it straight. Uh, just an amazing job for our enjoyment because again, tens of millions were watching these tournaments. I just saw where the women's tournament had over 4 million watching Sunday night for the national championship game, which is the highest number in like a decade on ESPN. Again, this was all for our enjoyment and there were a ton of people involved in the NCAA that made it happen. Most of all, for the schools, their coaches, their players, the training staff, uh, the medical staffs that all sacrificed and bubbled and were away, away from friends and family for months now, for the last three or four months, not able to be around their friends and family on modified bubble and then a full bubble in Indianapolis. Great sacrifice for our enjoyment. And I know you echo that, T.C. Martin, that we all got to love this 
And we need to have some more appreciation for how difficult it was to pull off this year. You know, there's there's some great stories, behind the scenes stories that I'm not sure a lot of people are aware of. You talk about the the organizers of this NCAA tournament, what they had to go through there in Indianapolis. You know, teams were sequestered. They really weren't allowed to go do a bunch of stuff. And uh, the amount of food that was delivered and donated to these teams, it's, it's amazing. And people working around the clock to make sure everybody was safe. I don't think a lot of people realize this, TJ, that, you know, if you're a player or you're a coach, you're basically sequestered in your room and you're allowed to basically go to just certain areas, like go down to the ballroom for a practice or go on like a quote unquote field trip. They had a minor league ballpark there. They would let the, uh, the teams, you know, go there for a while, but, uh, housekeeping was not allowed in the room. Uh, you had to basically send your laundry out, uh, your meals and everything were delivered to you outside of the door. Um, it was just a lot of crazy stuff that I don't think people fully realize. And the people that were working this NCAA tournament, I mean, they literally were getting maybe three, four hours of sleep a night, you know, <laughs> trying to make sure everybody was safe. Everybody, you know, was getting their food, getting everything they needed, uh, transportation coordinating everything. This was totally unlike any other final four NCAA tournament. And again, you know, for a lot of these teams, especially the big 10 teams who had their conference tournament in the same location. I mean, some of these guys were there for four plus weeks. You're correct. And, uh, real funny story real quick here. Uh, the UCLA team where um, as the teams got eliminated uh, in clearing space in some of the hotels, the NCAA used four different hotels. And so when, when teams got eliminated, they say, okay, we'll, uh, We'll, we'll broaden you guys out, give you some more spacious quarters. UCLA says, no, 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 we're fine. We don't believe in jinxing this. So they stayed in their little t- <laughs> tiny cramped course because they're one of the first teams that got there playing in the first four. So yep. uh, they they got offered every round. Okay, we can upgrade you guys now. We'll get, we can spread you out a little more room. Nope, we're fine where we're at. <laughs> it's kind of like, too, if UCLA had been the higher seed and they were for, what, the one game – uh, that they had and helped me. I think it was Abilene, Abilene Christian. Christian. That's yeah. the one game where they got to wear the white jerseys. Correct. But yeah. you got the feeling that if they had been in the championship game and they had been the higher seed for some reason, they would have wanted to continue to wear the blue because they were winning in the blue against Alabama and against Michigan, et cetera, et cetera. What a great story for UCLA to be back. And TC Martin's much like Johnny Juzang back in the day, hanging in the air, smooth with the jumper, great offensive rebounder. He he reminded me of the doctor of TC Martin with the way that he was playing. <laughs> Did that guy make some? money over the last three weekends to get ready to go to the NBA and be a top 10 pick. Hello, Juzang of UCLA. Uh, That was something else. Well said, TC. You stand by. We've got the YouTube roundtable coming up. Bob Herrig of ESPN is at the Masters. Much more. TC back on the other side as we roll on here on Three Dog Thursday. Hang in there. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's wynnbet.com. And we're brought to you in part by Better Than Dot Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGNs only care about, sports betting. Better Than Dot Vegas is running a free bracket-style capper contest with a chance to win $5,500. Just go to Better Than Dot Vegas and don't forget to let them know that SGP sent you. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV also and subscribe to the Better Than Vegas, Better Than Dot Vegas page. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV for Better Than Dot Vegas. And let's tell you about our friends at PicksWise with a team of trend-watching, data-devouring, sports-fanatic wise guys. They are there to give you the who, the how, and the why behind every pick on every game, every day, in every sport, and all of it is for free. NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, the Masters even for this weekend. They've got you covered with free analysis and, more importantly, free picks. Plus, they've got great betting news that you need and expert best bets as well. Go to PicksWise.com for all the picks you need. That's PicksWise.com. 
And we're brought to you in part by Odds Crowd, and hopefully you entered the Odds Crowd March Madness contest for your chance to win $8,000 as Odds Crowd has plenty of free contests, including a $500 weekly contest and a $2,000 season-long MLB contest. And Odds Crowd isn't just fantasy betting contest, it's a social app built just for sports bettors. It's free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private betting contests, and more with your buddies. Just download the app for free. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds to find out more about Odds Crowd. And we want you to take part in the SGP Masters Contest $500 winner-take-all DFS contest going on right now for the Masters, completely free, easy to sign up and win. Take a screenshot of your review of the Golf Gambling Podcast and submit that review and you get a contest link to enter. Do all of this through sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters. Again, find out more about the $500 Masters winner-take-all DFS contest through the Sports Gambling Podcast. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash masters for more. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Indeed, we do roll on on the Three Dog Thursday podcast, and it is the YouTube Roundtable, and I am pleased to bring in here a couple of distinguished gentlemen, one of them from Augusta National, and I've got the hat on on YouTube, ready for a tradition unlike any other with the Masters. Hello, Bob Herrig, longtime ESPN.com writer, ESPN TV personality. He is there on location. It is the second time in five months we get to talk to you about the Masters, a November Masters and April traditional Masters. Bob, good to have you. How are you? Yeah, TJ, thanks for having me. Doing well. It's nice to be back here again so soon. Nice to be back here knowing we're a little bit closer to normal. And uh, we will see a little bit more normal this time as opposed to November. So much to cover on that. My man, Sean Green, is hanging out as well from the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows. They do a great job helping us out. He is big on the Masters. He and Ryan Ryan Kramer, as we speak, in advance of the first round, have a big Masters preview out on Sports Gambling Podcast and the website. Mr. Green, are you, you're the color of the Masters in the green jacket. I don't think I have to ask whether you're ready to go for this weekend. Oh, I can't wait. It's so it's so exciting. We got the new studio. The Masters are happening. We just cranked out like over an hour and a half of golf talk. It's uh, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was great that we got a 2020 Masters. But yeah, doing it in November felt a little odd, felt a little different. But now I think uh, as normal as you can get and so excited for the golf this weekend. I promise that we will get to the Masters in just a moment, but I can't let Sean get out of here. Bob might have a comment, too. Without putting a wrap on the college basketball season, you guys were talking nonstop, and we're showing it to the YouTube audience about the Final Four. Baylor knocks off (laughs) Gonzaga. Sean Green, give me more. First-ever national championship win for Baylor. Gonzaga denied an unbeaten season. Bob is an Indiana guy, so he is smiling with pride that the Hoosiers remain the last team to be undefeated in a college basketball season, 1976. But, Sean, what about this real quick? Well, yeah, going into the uh, championship game all over Baylor, catching the points, uh, like them a little bit on the money line as well. I I thought it was just going to be so tough for Gonzaga to get up for that game. You had Suggs jumping on the scoring table, you know, fit, yelling at the cardboard fans, which was kind of a funny uh, shot there. So <laughs> pumped. And that was a crazy epic overtime game. And it felt like that was almost their Super Bowl getting to the national championship. And then you throw all the pressure of the undefeated season. And now Baylor kind of just dominated their, their whole way uh, to the final. It seemed like a great opportunity to get on Baylor. Glad I did. And uh yeah, Gonzaga had a great season, but just come, you know, that quick turnaround for such an emotionally draining game that went into overtime. It's just tough to get up for the championship. And Baylor rolled again and got a historic win. Do I see a red blazer, a red pullover on Bob <laughs> Harry? Is that an Indiana pullover? I don't know if he's going to reveal that. You're still smiling with pride. Bob Knight, Quinn Buckner, Scott May, the 76 Hoosiers remain the last perfect team, Bob Herrick. It, it is it is like kind of a nice reminder 
of how good they were. But I'm probably in the very, very small minority on this. I was sort of hoping that, that Gonzaga would do it so that they could move on from that. I think IU people are stuck in some of those times too much. You know, it's a different time. You know, the tournament didn't have 64 teams back then. Uh, you didn't have to win six games. There were more powerhouses. That You know, things are spread out more now. There's more parity, uh, as we're seeing, you know, and I think people need to move on from it. Uh, I, I know it's still a great, you know, I, people weren't ever going to forget about them, you know. So I, I, there was a part of me that was sort of like, okay, let's move on from that, you know, and let them get this undefeated season in a national championship, which is an incredible accomplishment in this time, you know, to be able to do that. And uh, obviously, as you guys have been saying, they came up one game short, somewhat surprisingly to me, I thought when they won the game, the way they did on Saturday, that that was going to mean they were going to pull it out, pull it out on, on Monday night. Well, and I, my hand is up. Sean loves this about me because I come clean. I had Gonzaga. I thought they'd win. I, I, I thought they'd even cover. Didn't happen. Baylor had other ideas. What a story for Scott Drew and company. All right, so the story that we have Bob here for, let's take a look again for the YouTube audience that's seeing us. There it is, uh, including Bob's story. Tradition like uh, unlike any other and unlike any other Masters that were back five months later with Dustin Johnson as the defending champ. He will go off, as we see in this story, Thursday morning, depending on when you're hearing us. Uh, Jordan Spieth coming off the win in San Antonio will go off Thursday afternoon. I guess the first logical question, Bob, here, uh, Dustin Johnson's chances to repeat five months later. He's one of the top favorites. Uh, you've seen him now a little bit for the first two or three days in and around here. What do you think about his chances to get a second green jacket inside of six months? I think they're excellent. I mean, he hasn't had the great results of late last couple of tournaments have been off of his standard a little bit, but I'm not sure that means anything. Um, the golf courses are completely different. Um, he has a, an ability to turn things around. He's shown an ability to turn things around. Uh, and you know, until somebody knocks him off, I mean, when it's a year different, you say what you did then doesn't really matter that much but there really haven't been that many tournaments since the masters, you know, uh, it's, it's been a quick turnaround. He's won since he won in Saudi Arabia. He's had some other decent results. So uh, until they knock him off, you know, I, I still think he's got a great opportunity to do it again. And, uh, but he has a lot of competition too. It's so it's pretty wide open. There are a lot of guys we could talk about winning this week. No doubt. Voice of Bob Herrig. Find him at Bob Herrig on Twitter, ESPN.com. Love his insight. Sean Green also with me from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Love his insight. All right, same question, Sean Green. Dustin Johnson's chances to repeat. Uh, how good are they? What do you think uh, as we get ready for the Masters to get underway on Thursday? Yeah, no, I mean, certainly it would be tough to argue against him. I, I think the course is they're going to do whatever it takes to toughen the course up. I don't think they want someone winning the Masters at, at minus 20 again. Uh, I think they're going to make it a little tougher, which I don't know if that necessarily favors Dustin Johnson's game the most. And, and I just think the idea of winning the Masters twice, again, this is an unprecedented year, in such a short span is a little difficult. So, um, I'm looking at some of the other guys. I really like Justin Thomas and uh, Colin Morikawa. Those are kind of two of the the guys in the favorited uh, area that I like the most. I mean, Colin Morikawa, I'm still riding high. I had him to win the PGA Championship. And if you look at the, uh, the Masters winners, the last 12, 11 of them also won a tournament in that same you know, calendar year. So I, I think there is something to Dustin Johnson coming in and having that big win. But I, I, I think you know, having him repeat at that price, not worth it for me. Interesting on that. Colin Morikawa also interesting uh, because he has already won a major championship last year. Uh, but familiarity with this course, Bob, you preach that all the time. And a lot of people that have covered this game for a long time preach that it's very difficult unless your name is Tiger Woods to show up in the first or second or even the third time win this you got to get familiar you got to play a bunch of rounds know where to miss know the greens what kind of chance do you give Morikawa even though he's been very hot as a as what a second year player here right you know and the other thing is his one his one experience with it was in November and you know it's just not going to play like it did in November 
So you almost have to throw it out. I mean, obviously you see the routing and the greens and everything, but what he learned then isn't going to help him now. Uh, you know, where to hit the ball in the greens is not going to be a factor this time like it was in November. If he hits it in some of the places he did in November, it's possible that he goes over by 15 yards uh, because it's going to be firm and it, it just plays different. So that experience, I'm not sure how much it helped him. And as you said, you know, it usually takes a couple of tries. Uh, there's a reason that nobody's won in their first attempt since Fuzzy Zeller in 79. Spieth almost did in 2014, and then he won in 15. So he's the rare guy to win it on the second attempt. Uh, but usually it takes a few. Tiger won it in his third, but his first is a pro. And he had only played six rounds competitively. But, you know, those are the outliers. Usually takes a little while. Uh, you got to get over the nerves of being here. Then you've got to get over the nuance of the course and where to miss, as you said. And uh, listen, Morikawa can, has got the ability. He's a great iron player, which I think is why he will be thought of as a, as a, as a, as a contender. Second shot golf course, that's really important. Love that. All right, just a couple of minutes left. I got to do this again with Bob Herrick. We did it before when you were previewing in November. I got to see a shot of the of the press room at Augusta National and out the front window just to get us warmed yeah. up for sure. this weekend. What do you got now? Yeah, He's going to pan what, the camera again. This, this is only is, for the YouTube audience, but Rob, take it away. Way better than looking at me, that's for sure. So, <laughs> so we're we're at the we're at the back of the driving range here. Okay, so if you can, I don't know if you can see this or you not. You can see it. Lower it just a little, and there it is. It. Okay, so there there's the window. There you see a guy standing up there at the front. I mean, yep. these are all my colleagues down here in front of me. Yep. We're all spaced. We're all spaced out in here. Not as many people as normal, and Beautiful. that's the driving range. And at the very back there, where the players are hitting to, and you know, there's there's golf courses that don't look as good as that driving range. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing driving range and it's only used. Um, they use it for the tournament. And then two other times the members use it during the year for their big season opening event and for their club closing event in the spring. The other times they don't even hit, hit off this range. They hit off the other range. <laughs> wow. So, they so got a backup driving range. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the backup driving range is what used to be the range. And then they built this one. It's been about 10 years now. These, this used to all be parking lots right there. And they built that and spend a lot of money and it's unreal. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And then, so like if, as you were looking out at that, out to the right would be the golf course. It's, it's over that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's a nice walk in for the spectators to walk past this and then get out there. And, you know, it's a cool place. All right, a couple more fun things. Has Bryson DeChambeau rattled any of those windows that we saw with his 350-yard drives, <laughs> or do they have the nets up, or what are they doing there as he's trying to blast away, Bob? You haven't been pelted, have you? There's no nets. I don't think he can get it this far. We've wondered if he might be able to bounce one up here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's – I mean, you know, there's some balls that are within 30 yards of here, and I, I don't know what it is. It's probably, you know, I'd say it's probably 380 to get wow. to here. So it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good we, day. You know, they, they thought about that at least when they built it. We saw those images of him swinging like Reggie Jackson on the driving oh. range with VJ Singh standing next to him. And it's just something else. Uh, yeah. A quick opinion from both of you. Can, can Bryson overpower the Sean green can Bryson overpower things here and get it done at Augusta or will, I mean, he hit it in the woods a lot. He hit it in the azalea bushes a lot back in November. Is the course going to bite back and get him again, Sean? What do you think real quick? Well, yeah, I think they've even made the course uh, or it's going to play a little tougher than it did in November. So I, I think that's going to, you know, Bryson certainly has the distance, but uh, I, I don't see him. I, I would take his uh, his rival uh, Kepka over over Bryson, even with the knee injury. I think maybe he's playing a little possum and he could <laughs> have a, uh, you know, a gritty performance. So I, I like Brooks over uh, Bryson here at the Masters. All right. We'll see what uh, Bob, an opinion, Bryson DeChambeau. He's one of yeah. us open. Well, certainly I, play. Think, I think he can win here. Uh, Bryson could, I mean, yes, you're right. In this, in November, he was off and he showed you got to hit it. It's got to be more than hitting your driver a long way. You know, there's other parts of the game that he didn't perform very well at. I'm, I'm less bullish on Brooks. I've watched him a little bit. His knee is bothering him. I don't think he'll have any problem hitting the shots. It's the walking. You're talking about a tough golf course to walk. A lot of side hill lie 
is downhill, uphill. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously he's toughed it out before, and I think he really, really wants to do that. And, and if he can withstand the pain and, and get around, certainly, because he's playing well this year. And I really think that's the reason he's trying to go. He knows how well he's been playing. He doesn't want to waste it. So, uh, you know, but it was really, it was only three weeks ago that he had surgery on that right knee. I mean, it's pretty remarkable that he's even out here. No doubt. And again, for the audience, Bob knows this so well. If you've ever been, I've had the privilege of being there practice rounds, you cannot uh, convey how much the elevation changes, the walking up, the walking down, 75 yards up, 75, 100 yards down. It may have effect on guys, especially uh, if it's hot. I got so much more that I could ask you about, but Bob has got to run here. Sean, I appreciate you being here as well. Let me preview uh, again and plug away for my guys. You find Bob Herrig on social media right here. See him at uh, Bob Herrig right there from ESPN. There he is uh, with Phil Mickelson. Mm -hmm. Will these greens be firmer, et cetera, et cetera. So I love Bob's insight with the guys to watch right there, including Dustin Johnson and former winners and other major champions. Uh, there he is, Bob Herrig of ESPN. And I know they've been writing a lot uh, in the preview mode here of the Masters. So I love Bob. And then here's my sports gambling podcast, guys. They were even Bob dressed in red <laughs> and black on their preview podcast of the Masters. I know the audience is hearing us and seeing us after the Masters is underway. These guys did a 90-minute preview, Sean and Ryan, in red and black in honor of Tiger Woods. So go find them at Gambling Podcast on social media, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. I think we have covered it all pretty well. Bob Herrig of ESPN, thank you. I know you're busy. I appreciate you giving me time from, uh, from Augusta. Always love the insight. Let's see what happens at the Masters, sir. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. We'll see you later. Sean Green, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you hopping on as well from the Sports Gambling Podcast. Nice work, gentlemen. As always, TJ, let it ride, man. There we go. All good stuff. Three Dog Thursday continues. Stay with us. Back in one final time here on the only digital radio show that loves to roll the sleeves up and talk those underdogs every which direction. So we've talked some college basketball. We've been talking Masters as well in the YouTube roundtable segment. We'll even get to a little baseball in a couple moments again. Brian Edwards not here this week. Still follow him on social media and through the site Major Wager. Uh, dot com and Vegas Insider. Again, he's uh, he's reveling in all of his uh, correct picks on Three Dog Thursday. UCLA in the semifinal plus the points. Baylor the outright win plus the points. So Brian will be back next week. In his stead, TC Martin continues to hang with me from the Vegas perspective and the underdog perspective out in Las Vegas of the TC Martin show on five days a week. Can't plug him enough. Love my initials brother from another mother. He is back in, in our final segment. All right. So we were talking some masters full disclosure. I am doing this show as the YouTube audience could see wearing a master's hat and shirt. I am into this. I don't honestly know this answer. Are you very much into Augusta and the masters and the golfers? It's something just as a sports guy that you'll tangentially watch some and watch the finish. How is it for you headed to this weekend? I mean, it's a major golf tournament. It's a major sport. So obviously it definitely has my attention. And again, uh, the Augusta, the tradition, everything of, of that nature. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a bi I'm a big fan. Does it resonate uh, up there with the other sports? Uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, not, not as much again, but uh, obviously, you know, when you're in our business, you got to pay attention, you got to watch it. And again, you know, who doesn't like being on the links, uh, you know, in, in the spring and summertime. So yeah, we'll be watching the masters. It's going to be gorgeous. That place is beautiful. The weather is supposed to be mostly good. Friday may be nasty thunderstorms in the forecast. They're hoping that holds off late in the day or at night where it doesn't affect play. And it may be windy on Sunday to affect the scoring. All right, let's look at the Vegas perspective. We were kind of talking some about this in the YouTube roundtable segment, the previous segment uh, here on the audio podcast, but uh, very interesting that Dustin John, Johnson is the defending uh, champion. Dustin Johnson right now, nine and a half to one to repeat. He just won back in November. And again, it would be all time stuff if he can win two green jackets in a five month period because they delayed the masters to last November. So he's at nine and a half to one Jordan Spieth, who won the event last week in San Antonio, his first win in three seasons. That's hard to believe, but Jordan Spieth already has a green jacket. He is 11 to one. I am loving John Rahm at 12 to one, uh, the Spaniard by way of Arizona state uh, and a brand new baby for John Rahm. He had been saying TC Martin that he would leave Augusta and leave the masters. Uh, if his wife went into labor, doesn't have to worry about it. She had the baby this past weekend. He's there to play. We'll see what happens on that. 
Anything that jumps out of the underdog variety off the Masters future board before the tournament begins, they may be listening to us later in the weekend. You may already know how a golfer's doing or not. We're in advance of Thursday and it beginning. Is there a, a name or a number that jumps off that futures board at all for you as an underdog? Well, there are. I'll give you a couple of, of, of great underdogs. And again, uh, you know, I'm going to give you uh, two, and they actually have uh, the same name. Okay. I'm going to give you the Camerons. All right. All right. Cam Cameron Smith is a really live dog and people are loving going to the window so much so that the odds have already dropped. Okay. He opened at 45 to one. He's now down to 40 to one. And if you remember, this was the guy back in November that shot, you know, four rounds in the sixties. So there, you know, the Aussie, the mullet people really like this guy and think that he's got a, a, a great shot here. And again, at plus four, you know, 4,000 at 40 to one, uh, a, a very live dog. And again, you just go back to November and remember what he did on this course. Then you say, why not? And then a personal favorite of mine who actually be, is a personal friend. So I've got a little uh, local invested interest. He's a Sacramento guy like myself, and that's Cameron Champ. And Cameron Champ, you want a live dog? 300 Please. to one, TJ Reeves. <laughs> 301 for Cameron Champ. Let's don't forget. He finished ninth back in November. So he's played this course before. He's got great game. He's a young guy. Uh, there's, there's a nice little story there. His grandfather just passed, uh, dedicated wow. uh, this season to his grandfather um, and uh, started a, a black college fund for golfers, uh, you know, uh, in, in the South, in the Texas, Texas area where his grandfather was from. So there's a little sentiment there, obviously, for me with that. But uh, Cameron Champ, if you haven't seen him play, he's only been on the tour a few years. Uh, he's a great talent. How about that one? Three hundred. I love the one. double, the double Camerons. I love it. And, it's, and, and it would only be better if Scotty Cameron was endorsing them with the putters. It would make it even better. Uh, look out for that. And I keep hearing the name Victor Hovland, the former Oklahoma State golfer. He was the low amateur a couple of years ago. And Victor Hovland, at last check, is thirty-five to one to win is it his time he hasn't played there a bunch we'll see if that's the case on the masters i can't wait for all of this to unfold uh this weekend and you know it will be dramatic no matter who's in the lead even by two or three shots it is never over until the final nine holes on sunday we've seen rory mcelroy throw this thing away on the final nine we're, we're contemporaries we remember greg norman throwing away a five shot lead on the final nine and nick faldo winning uh, Jordan Spieth hit, what, two balls in the water on number 12 and threw away a three- or four-shot lead back a, two or three years ago. Um, so it, it, who knows? Who knows what will happen in Sunday? It will probably settle on the final few exciting holes. Let's hope there's lots of birdies, lots of eagles, lots of drama. Before we're done on Three Dog Thursday, you're a big baseball guy, as am I. Uh, at the time we're releasing Three Dog Thursday, the Tampa Bay Rays ready to raise the American League Championship banner on Friday at Tropicana Field against the New York Yankees in their home opener. So obviously uh, the Rays are near and dear to me. You're out in Vegas. You've got ties through Sacramento to numerous major league players. You've got ties to Dusty Baker. You keep apologizing for the Houston Astros. You're like outside of Houston, the only apologist for the Astros. I credit you for that. You're just a glutton for punishment. And you were saying to me that you've got some futures interest and some futures action right now for the World Series on the Astros and maybe even my raise with the baseball season getting underway. Tell me more, please, T.C. Martin. Well, yes. Uh, ironically enough, if, if we look at the betting board, T.J., the two teams that met in the American League Championship Series last season and went to seven games, both of these teams, the Astros and the Rays right now, are 22 to 1. That's plus 2,200. And yes, I dove in like I traditionally do with my good friend, Dusty Baker. Of course, I've got to you know, back one of my best friends. And uh, the Astros are off to a great start. Yes, I got the Strohs at plus 2,200. And uh, some books have made an adjustment, uh, you know, down to 15 to one, down to 12 to one. But there are a couple of books still juicy, juicy with the Astros right now with a five and one. Clarify, this is to win this. the World Series or this is World just to series. get to win the World Series. You win got them the at 22 to one. At 22 to one, which seems a little bit crazy because you look at the Astros and you look at the AL West. I mean, they are the favorites to win that division. And of course, they're already four and a half games up on the Oakland A's already. I know it's we, we're dealing with a 162 game schedule here, but uh, you know Dusty's teams 
he always preaches, you know, hey, start out hot, start out fast. But uh, this Astros team really uh, is, a, is a very live dog at 22 to one. And, you know, you firmly expect this team to be in the postseason, the playoffs. And uh, when you're betting futures, that's all you can ask, you know, uh, look for a team that could be there in October at double digit odds. And with Houston, you got 22 to one. Uh, that That's pretty insane, pretty crazy. So, yeah, I, I, I like my action there. And the Rays, again, the same 22 to 1, correct, uh, yes. for them. The, the Rays uh, got off to a decent start, but then they went to Boston and decided to be benevolent uh, and gave up uh, you know, a, a couple of losses to the Red Sox on Monday and Tuesday and then just getting bashed on Wednesday at the time that we're taping. The, Ray, the Rays cannot – they're like, can they get on Paul Revere's horse uh, and ride out of Boston as soon as possible to get back to Tampa? Uh, but they're still, what, 22-1 to 1 to win the World Series? That's not a bad futures bet as an underdog for my Tampa Bay Rays, my lovable Rays, my well, low payroll Rays. For, especially for a team that, that was in the World Series last year, basically returns just about everybody you know, from their roster. So, yeah, it's uh, – it's it's great you know and again sometimes you know people fall in love with the favorites you know they love the dodgers they're all over the dodgers but you know you look at some of these other teams that uh, have some great offense you know and and have some some pitching take a look at some of these live dogs and i i think the astros and the rays are are two great values at 22 to 1 Love that. This man talks it all, whether it's the hoops that just concluded, whether it's the Masters, whether it's the baseball, it's all on the T.C. Martin Show, tcmartinshow.com. Find him on Twitter at tcmartin21. He is uh, there on social media, very engaging, great guests on the show. Uh, he even rolls out the red carpet for me, why I have no idea to come on board. We were talking ice cream on your show. That, that came up on your show. And what is it? Ballpark nut ice cream at Baskin Robbins seems to be a great flavor for you in baseball season. I got to investigate this. But you talk it all on, on the T.C. Martin show from 31 flavors to Major League Baseball to whatever's going on, the NFL draft that's upcoming. You got it all, right? Absolutely. We, we, we cover it all. And even like uh, my good friend, Rob Van Dam got inducted into the WWE hall of fame. So he'll be back on this week as well, too. So we got it all covered TJ Reed. I mean, what's come on. You're talking about sports, music, food. I mean, that's the comfort level that we all love, right? That's what you get on the show, brother, as you well know. I do. And it's why I keep coming back and he keeps returning my calls, et cetera. Listen, great stuff. Thank you for hanging with me on three dog Thursday. I always love having you on board on the show. Thank you. TC Martin continued success with your stuff. I appreciate you. All right, brother. Great to be with you. There Anytime, we go. Anywhere. Enjoy the masters. Love this man. Uh, thanks also to our YouTube roundtable with Bob Herrig and Sean Green with me uh, talking masters on the YouTube roundtable. Find that uh, as well on YouTube under Three Dog Thursday. Subscribe to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Brian Edwards will be back next week on the program again with more insight and analysis. All good on that one. For now, we are done here on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you. Enjoy all the action. Enjoy the Masters, everything that goes on. And we'll be back to talk next week on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.